What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm with my light brown phoenix. Hi, son. You know, the X-Men, yep. named after Professor X, Charles Xavier, Xavier's men. Yeah, that's right. Do you ever think you thought about uh, naming them Charles's men? You know, seamen? Today, we are reviewing X-Men Dark Phoenix. The rules are simple. Haisam and I review something. One of us will have to love it. One of us will have to hate it. Who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. The coin of fate? The coin of fate! The coin of fate. The catch is that at any point in our debate, we can use the switch to change positions. So, if you loved it, you now hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers, as always. Let us begin with our patented one-breath synopsis. This is the story of one of the X-Men's most beloved characters, Jean Grey, as she evolves into the iconic Dark Phoenix. During a life-threatening rescue mission in space, Jean is hit by a cosmic force that transforms her into one of the most powerful mutants of all. Wrestling with this increasingly unstable power, as well as her own personal demons, Jean spirals out of control, tearing the X-Men family apart and threatening to destroy the very fabric of our planet. This film is the culmination of 20 years of X-Men movies, as the family of mutants that we've come to know and love must face the most devastating enemy yet one of their own. Wow. I think that's my mutant power. I am now about to flip the coin of fate. If it lands on heads, you have to love this movie. If it lands on tails, you have to hate it. Here goes nothing. Tails. I love this movie. What a great end to a 20-year journey where we get to see the Dark Phoenix saga finally come to life. Finally. In a movie that is full of action, emotion, great acting, great music, all around perfection. Things that I was not. Excited. Ecstatic. This movie was explicitly terrible. Boring. Useless. Meaningless. Empty. There's a reason that so many people are not enjoying this. You sound like my ex <laughs> who was not happy with anything. Very hard to please. Oh my God. This movie, like me, this movie was perfect. <laughs> okay, it was super powered. It was super in okay. every single so way. There's, there's the idea, right, that mutants have these superpowers, right? This movie was the type of mutant that you'd get after a nuclear disaster. It was misshapen. It was just falling apart, and it was diseased. This was a diseased movie. Switch. This movie was delightful. This movie was really what a mutant would be in, in comic books. Superpowered, uh, just heroic, exciting. This no, was stop, stop, wonderful. Stop. This movie was, at best, okay. I'm not going to say it was... So you admit that it was at least okay. <laughs> it, wa it wasn't terrible. You know what the problem with this movie is? The problem with this movie is that it shows how creatively bankrupt Hollywood has become. Oh, my God. This movie Write an article just, in the New York Times. Please. I might as well. Creatively bankrupt. Like, this what movie, are you talking about? I'm telling you, this is just a blatant cash grab. It is a... It was entertaining. We had a great time. You know, this was was a lot of fun. Everybody put so much weight on this, Nobody this put movie any to try effort. to make it into something that that is some some cathartic experience. It was properly entertaining, 
really excellent acting all around. Yeah, the I plot expect, was a bit convoluted, I but whatever. more from my movies. Okay, this movie is a sequel to a prequel to a reboot. It is a rewrite to a Dark Phoenix. It sounds What's like you can on? say that. Can you say that like with like a hip hop beat? Like I wish I could, <laughs> but I can't because it's so depressing. <laughs> Why are we forced to watch this movie just because Hollywood wants to watch this movie? Like you know, wants to make some money making us you know feet like shoving this down our throat switch Hollywood can should make more movies like this okay if it doesn't if at first you don't succeed (laughs) try 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 again again. that's what my mom always more like cry cry again and they tried again and they succeeded making a beautiful film Uh, wait 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 did you say that's what your mom always used to tell you at first you don't succeed try try again yeah she tried to abort me she didn't try again she regretted it and uh, she's uh, now that's dark Phoenix ooh (laughs) so this movie uh, you know some amazing performances by everybody involved right James McAvoy as I believe I I think this movie kind of cements him as the Professor X right (laughs) and it it really does and you know that's a real high compliment because you know there's also Patrick Stewart who has given such a tremendous performance the only reason that uh, the acting in this movie was passable was because the actors were all top tier A-list actors so it's not like they need to dig deep they've played these characters for several movies. I yeah, mean, and it they really played them shows. for several movies. It so really shows. They didn't need to try too hard. They it just had to just read the lines on the on the script. Really. It really shows that they've like taken a journey with these characters, right? You see how they've evolved, how they have changed, and they've really come to grasp with who their characters are and their little nuances. So now you see Charles with that little bit of ego. You see He's had ego the entire time in every movie he's yes, had ego. And now you see the consequences and now you see that at the height of it. You know and you see Magneto now you know finally retired le- leading a happy life when these <laughs> and you really see Michael okay, Fassbender's so, so like, kind of Magneto's got this like commune like off in the middle of nowhere where they live in these very kitschy stylish like these stylish like uh, what are they called like train cars you know yes. very it looks like something out of like a you know like some San Francisco like uh, you know uh, uh, cool commune. You could go there, buy some fresh ground coffee. Like, what, what do you have against hipsters or <laughs> yeah, vegans? It's hipster Magneto. What do you have against? And that? then you've got like Charles, who again, it's like they're just playing the same characters again. There's a all right, Charles Xavier they, they is arrogant. Playing, they Magneto's. Are, it's the same loop. It's like they can't evolve. They're stuck in this loop. There's these, no evolution. Okay, mutants are <laughs> the evolution of mankind. That's one. So there you is an evolution. Jealous. Okay, number two is that this is uh, the natural progression of their characters, right? You've seen bits and pieces, and now this is where they are. But let's talk about Jean Grey, Sophie Turner coming off Game of Thrones and giving a just a gut-wrenching, powerful performance. Switch! Sophie Turner should take her U-turn out of the movie business and stop showing up in any other shows or TVs. She is a complete waste of talent and oh, wow. uh, you're taking you're going really breath. personal on this uh, like this is that's some real digs at Sophie Turner as a person uh, like she, as a human being. She's <laughs> just so terrible in this in in she, this movie. She was she brought a, a level of weight and uh uh, a level has, of depth to on, the character. She has put on well, some weight. You, you really don't okay. need to take these low blows on Sophie Turner. She's a beautiful actress. She does a great job of expressing the the difficulty that 
her character is having coming to terms with her newfound powers. She's expressing the difficulty she has in emoting any kind of emotions. She just she kind of very, goes, oh, she's like, I'm really sad. Oh, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm just angry. Just because you don't understand real human emotion doesn't mean that uh, she was doing a bad job of it. Once again, here you go, quoting my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> okay? And I, I don't like this, okay? This, that, let's not make this fight personal. Let's talk about <laughs> Sophie Turner. And- Sophie Turner was just a... She... She did a wonderful job as Jean Grey. She she played the best version of Jean Grey that's been on the screen so far. Wow, that's a real high compliment because you're saying <laughs> such great Jean Grey performances. Okay, like I was saying, this movie just why why remake this movie? It is written by the same guy who wrote the Last Stand. He was so terrible the first time around. Why would anybody give this guy another chance to ruin the story? This guy is the same guy that's been responsible for some of the uh, some of the most uh, impressive uh, Hollywood blockbusters of the past, uh, you know, 15 years. So was Michael Bay. Doesn't mean you just, you know, hand him over whatever you want. Michael Bay, okay, he's known to to do some really Michael Bayish things, but he's done he's done a few pretty good movies. That's besides the point. Why are you bringing Michael Bay into this, all right? It's called a straw man <laughs> <Yeah>. argument. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm using over here. Yes, let's talk about Simon Kimberg, the genius who brought us such incredible movies like Triple X, State of the Union, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That was really a jumper. Hero Jumper, he wrote... So, uh, so, wait, wait. The first movie you named was Triple X yeah. State of the Union? <laughs> Fan the, favorite. The second? <laughs> Triple X, not even, like, at least the first State one? State of the Union. Like, that movie was so bad, Vin Diesel didn't want he to wrote, do it. And he wrote I don't think I, I don't think Vin Diesel can read. <laughs> Triple X? Uh, and Triple he X decided w- not to do State of the Union. Listen, he also wrote Days of Future Past. So the fact is this guy comes from a solid pedigree. You can't say, oh, Simon Kimberg. It's bullshit. You can't say that, man. I wish I could go to the days of future past (laughs) when I hadn't seen this movie. Change history, rewrite the movie. I think that's what they tried to do here, right? I wish that I could go to days of future past and watch this movie again. It was such a joy. Switch. I wish I could go to days of future past and poke my eyes out so I don't ever have to watch this movie. This movie is, I think, uh, kind of almost a perfect film in in terms of... It is. It is. I'll tell you this. It's a perfectly entertaining film from start to finish. It has really great acting, which we've already kind of uh, talked about, right? We've talked about all the main performances, including actually the performance of the main bad guy, Jessica Chastain. Like, she can do no wrong. She can do She is such an accomplished actress, and in this movie, she gives such a great performance of just pure Tell me, okay, okay, you're pure evil. Tell me, give me some of the nuance that she managed to come across, uh, to bring across here. She, for what? Okay, you want nuance? I want nuance. How about her white hair? She She had this amazing long white hair. She looked pale, okay? She did. And then you had, you you, you gotta see her being this normal person who then gets taken over by an alien, right? You you know what? The best part of her acting was right in the beginning when she was a perfectly normal person. She was great in that one like 30 second scene around the table. She was very believable. I remember thinking, wow, yeah, I can really believe she was. her. And then when and she, became, then an she alien, became a nothing. Right? And she's a refugee. She's, she's a not refugee. just any yeah. alien. Her home planet has been destroyed and she's come to yeah, she, Earth. So you right? really felt that like emanating from her I every moment that she was on screen? every second of it. You know, wow. and she just she whispers really, these things touched, into uh, Sophie Turner's ears. You know, she's like, <laughs> she does. hey, maybe you can be evil. And, you know? And Sophie Turner... 
like I can see why you know Jean Grey yeah. moves towards the dark side because Jessica Chastain is just so convincing. Wow. I mean, look, I'm you. You your arguments are completely foolproof at this point. I can't. It's like bulletproof arguments. My arguments are chased. <laughs> yeah, they are. Amen. They're chased. <laughs> They're chaste. They, they're they're they're, pure. they're sexually. They're pure. Uh, no, they're pure in general. Okay. <laughs> right. She was the worst part of a terrible movie. Let's put it that way. I mean, that's like not a great thing to have on your uh, on your CV. I was the worst part of the worst movie in the X Men franchise. Switch. She was the best part of this movie. The best part of the best movie in the X Men franchise. <laughs> Besides Jessica Chastain, she had her whole crew. She had all these aliens just the, appearing out of nowhere. The alien Terminators were amazing. Were just yes, like, what? They reprising just appeared, they the, the Terminator vibe, bringing it to this movie. They were an unstoppable force. What, Only Dark Phoenix could stop them. What were they? Like, what, what, they what were was going on? Alien what refugees. The Their planet had been destroyed by this horrendous. Uh, entity they are that they then chased. They're just they chased the, the <laughs> they ch- the chased ch- chastained <laughs> chastained. Okay. They chased it across the universe right. and found it hovering over Earth, ready to consume the planet. I don't. Think and it was then absorbed by the strongest mutant of all time, Dark Phoenix. One, I don't think you understand what the word chase to eat means. You can't chastain across the universe. That doesn't make any sense. Chastain. Uh, cha- okay. Secondly, uh, okay, so it's, it, it was as if somebody said, okay, we need like uh, some bad guys for the third act, just faceless bad guys, our mutants can fight, and so they just plugged in these aliens, and that is their sole purpose. Finally, let's talk about this dark phoenix force that is just forced into this uh, plot. What was the dark phoenix force? What is it? Switch. What is that dark phoenix force? <laughs> right? It is a question that is of, one for the, the ages. ages. It's a question for the okay? ages. Okay, is it a solar flare? Is we don't it know. not? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> well, all we know the... is that it is powerful and it destroys worlds. <laughs> Clearly, that's all you need to know. And the amazing thing about that whole scene is that they go up into space chasing, trying to save this uh, vessel that's in trouble because of a solar flare. And that's clearly not a solar flare. It's some kind of giant... A creature, some kind of giant entity, and they never mention it again. Okay, you are looking at all the wrong things. In that scene, is I'm so looking, exciting. How am I looking we at get the wrong see, things? We get to see that great uh, rescue mission there, where each of the each of the mutants are using their powers. They are being, you know, mystiques in it, and she is their leader. It is uh, the perfect. Co- this is what we want X Men movies to be from the start. We get to see all the characters use their powers and work together to rescue these people. But they couldn't rescue the movie. The great thing about Raven, Mystique in this movie, is that she is so obviously just phoning it in. It was so clear from the start. She was like, okay, I want to put maybe 10% uh, of the makeup that I had in the last movie and kill me. Kill me as early in the movie as you can. Get me out of there. I mean, you know, at least least she wasn't trying to like, you know, she, she was clearly... There just to finish up her contract. I think whatever the reason that you might say it happened, the fact that it happened in the story, they killed off what is probably the biggest star that they have in this movie. They killed her off in the beginning. It really shows what the stakes of this film are. This shows how dangerous that the Dark Phoenix uh, is, and that we need to take this seriously. What a, and 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 that turn really acts as kind of the catalyst to so much it was, of it was the su- pain. Such a that huge surprise, right? Such a such a shock 
such an amazing shock that they I, put it in the trailer and then everybody was talking about it from I the start. Am so, I am so I mean, glad that on, they put that in the trailer. A, I am so glad what? that they put that in the trailer. I needed to prepare myself for what was going yeah. to happen to Mystique because yeah. if I hadn't <laughs> known that I would have been a complete tears. wreck. Tears. I was already and in what tears. The hell? Blue and tears. What, and what the hell was that trailer even? I mean, I know we're supposed to talk about the movie itself, but that trailer, oh my God, it was so god-awful that it really set the tone for the movie it helped us actually think this movie is going to be so god awful let us be ready and it wasn't what a surprise it's another <laughs> surprise right how often do we see trailers that are great and the movies are terrible this movie decided to do the opposite, do the it was, opposite. i think it was a social experiment <laughs> is what it was it's great okay it's a risk <laughs> let's talk about some of the other things in this movie right so for example there is the music hans zimmer giving one of his great hand sound- jobs that's what he was giving in this movie he was given one of his because hans zimmer he was mean, zimmering it up you mean really great pleasure Yes, <laughs> I felt a really good pleasure by watching the mu- listening to the music. He and- literally went into his library of stuff that he hadn't released yet and said, "Okay, let's give you one of these and one of these." It's Hans Zimmer. It's gonna sound all right, but it wasn't. It had nothing to do with what we were seeing on screen. Switch. The Hans Zimmer music was just riveting. I mean, it elevated every single scene that it was in. I remember just perking up every and time. Every time the music started to crescendo and rise, it was just exciting. It was so perfect. And it was in every single scene. There wasn't a single scene where it didn't have this underscore. It really shows how, uh, uh, you know, the director wasn't confident in what he was putting on screen. Because he, he had music on screen? He what needed that music to tell you. He needed the music to tell the audience what to feel at all times because he, you know, the writing and the acting could not convey it. So he was like, uh, now but, it's sad. Uh, now it's supposed to be exciting. Is that what he sounded like? Yes, that's, that his voice? that's an excellent Simon, like Simon like, Kinberg impression. Anyway, the point is that that's a terrible argument. That just doesn't even make sense. Of huh. course, there's going to be m- music throughout there the movie. There is. How many? Fantastic. No, music can it was be really well. It was really well paced. It 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 elevated and it made the the. It the, was it, it, on the it, nose. It elevated every the emotion. single time. It, it was so was, perfect that it, it was sunk so up with the movie on the music that it was overpowering the scenes itself. I completely disagree with you. When you had the music during the train scene, for example, you really felt a rush of excitement. It connected to the action on the screen perfectly. I mean, really, you're going to talk smack about Hans Zimmer, of all people? Like, you can't. The problem isn't Hans Zimmer's music, it is the director's use of that music. And the director's, that is and the it problem. Just went, and it, it really goes shows to show his inexperience. His inexperience. What inexperience? Shows. The guy's been in the industry for like 20 years. He's written some of the best X Men movies of, of all time. Yeah. Fine. This is his first feature film directing experience. It doesn't mean that he, he's just come out of nowhere. Oh, what am I doing? Oh, is this music? Oh, what am I gonna do with it? Like, what are you talking there about? There is a man? huge difference of between he standing, he sitting doing. behind a laptop and writing every day and actually being in charge of I'm all sorry. the decisions that were made. Yeah, he knew and you what can he was see doing. it. You can the see music the music sounded good. It was it's in not the right just place. The, music, the way the camera is placed, the way the movie's edited, all the scenes go on for just a little bit longer than they <laughs> need to. <laughs> just a little you bit know? longer. Just a little bit just longer. A little touch where it had completely removes the effect the dramatic effect of what's going on switch i was like <laughs> <laughs> 
I knew it. Uh, I know. Just tell me what you think now. Uh, Simon Kinberg does an excellent job, especially for a first-time director. Uh, he clearly has a deep understanding of all the things that uh, of, of the script oh, and Pasha, the characters. Throw two hundred million dollars at a franchise and see what comes up. I mean, come on. Yeah, Simon Kimberg's a good writer, but director? No, I don't think so. Uh, you could tell right from the start, the way that he had the shot, reverse shot, uh, dialogue sequences, from the start, you're like, what? what's happening? The camera's doing nothing. It's just literally over one guy's shoulder. Then it goes back across the other shoulder. Then it goes back over the yes, other shoulder. because he Who understands cares? the power of the performances <laughs> and the writing, and he does not want to distract you from that. The distraction... Oh, the then great, he did a great job of not distracting The great me. camera work is for the action sequences, and it has some of the best action sequences we have ever seen in an X-Men movie. Some of the best action sequences? Okay, so you had so much action going on that you couldn't even keep track of who was doing what. Pa uh, uh, pair that with the subpar CGI, like that the lightning that was coming out of, of Storm looked like it was something out of like Adobe Premiere uh, 2005. Uh, you had like, you had the, 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 the way that Nightcrawler was disappearing and appearing was just a recycled kind of uh, version of what was done 15 years ago. Like, come on. Yes, it is an updated version of what happened 15 years ago. Recycled. Lightning looks like lightning. <laughs> you know what happens to <laughs> what? a frog when it's hit by lightning? Same thing as it happens to everything else. Lightning looks the same always. No, it somehow looked worse than it did before. It had no weight. It had no, no energy. It had no... It didn't feel dangerous. It just felt thin and pointless. And such great uh, choreography where all the mutants are coming together, using their powers, working together. The action sequence in the train, which was reshot. Thank God it was reshot. The confined spaces, <laughs> everybody on the roof, you know, everybody using their yeah. powers to kill people. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you had Nightcrawler suddenly turning into some vicious animal and killing everybody, going against his character. The way that he actually has been shown to be for the past 20 years, suddenly he switches and he becomes this like bloodthirsty monster. And besides the train, you had the fight uh, in front of uh, the on the street yeah, before in, that. In the park. Yeah, you know what I call that? The holding, it was the holding position. All right, the holding position fight scene because you he would just go to go to a battle between two or three people and everybody else would just hold position, just hold position. You'd have like Cyclops like doing nothing, Xavier doing nothing, just waiting in the background for Xavier the next scene. Xavier was holding his head <laughs> and concentrating. What are you talking about? He's concentrating so hard. <laughs> it, was so hard. it was so important. Also, uh, switch. <laughs> and that scene culminates in the most brutal way when you've got Jean Grey forcing Xavier to walk. Deadly. Oh my God. How, 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 how terrible for her to turn around and make him rise out of his chair and walk up the stairs. That's the problem, okay? So this movie is kind of a meh sandwich, right? The problem is, okay, Dark Phoenix, more like, you know, dark, you know, light gray Phoenix. She doesn't do anything truly evil. Why is she so bad? We're that just, was pretty bad. I mean, what are you talking kind of, about? You took just this man told, who can't walk listen, and you force him to walk up the stairs. So much this worse. This is her mentor. She's she, completely we have humiliating seen, him. We have seen so much worse in this, uh, you know, in this entire series, right? People try and kill entire, uh, you know, cause genocide. Dark Phoenix doesn't, like, she by mistake kills Mystique and... Kind of, like at worst, Dark Phoenix does light vandalism. 
And I don't know why <laughs> she's supposed to be this evil entity that's destroyed her world. There's listen, nothing happening. Just because, you're a blood, nothing. just because you're a bloodthirsty maniac who wants to see people die doesn't mean that Dark Phoenix had to actually eliminate half the world's population for her to be called Dark Phoenix. She doesn't it seem dangerous at all. If, if she had done something at that scale, then it would have affected all of the mutants irrevocably. They would have yes. all... Then, then that couldn't work. No. You, couldn't, you then, had to show her come close and then change. She's supposed to be the bad guy. There's no conflict. There's no darkness. There's no evil. She wasn't the she's bad guy. She's just kind of like... You know, you know what she is? She's accident prone. If you, if you That's know, what's so terrible about know this bad this, guy. If you know the actual storyline, she doesn't turn evil. Dark Phoenix is not evil. Dark Phoenix is just incredibly powerful. So she doesn't go against her character. The evil force were the aliens. They were coming in to take over and they were going to take her power so, okay, okay. and use it. So let's talk about the taking the power thing. So, okay, she's the most powerful mutant, so she gets the power, but then the other alien just takes her power? Like, I don't understand. Switch! So, so the other alien <laughs> just takes her power at the end and we see this amazing light show <laughs> where she can't handle all that she power. She can't handle too much she power. Too she much goes, power. You want the power? You can't handle the power. Okay? And she's try she's going to explode and you see all the lights. Yeah. Oh, it's so much dazzle in so. 3D. Watch this movie <laughs> in 3D. The 3D just made me appreciate how bad this movie was. It was so oh my god, I didn't even need to be there. I didn't you could have I that this movie was such a waste of time that had I just seen the trailer uh, repeatedly for an hour and a half, I would have probably had a better experience. Okay, you're talking about the trailer all over again. Okay, <laughs> you know what's again really good about this movie? It is constantly moving. All the characters are changing. We haven't even talked about Cyclops. Cyclops, the best version of Cyclops that we have seen so <laughs> far. There's this amazing scene where he swears. The best version of Cyclops. Yes. Okay, like what's he going up against? How many? How many amazing versions of Cyclops James have there been Marsden, before? That wow. handsome devil. Okay, and here. Is a guy doesn't have the same looks, but what he has is acting chops. And he just because he says the f word, he and drops the f bomb. Oh my god, it all builds up to that. They wasted the one f bomb on Cyclops in the middle of a fight. He switch, sounded like a little ah, when that f bomb dropped. I jumped out of my seat and started clapping and whooping and hollering. It was a perfectly timed f bomb. You're a f idiot <laughs> if you think that was a perfectly timed f bomb. Well, you too. <laughs> Here's okay. So here's the thing with this movie. It is a. It is it, in this world that we live in. There is so much great superhero content on yeah. TV. There is you know Umbrella Academy. There is uh, Titans. There is yeah. Look at what they have to go up right? against. You and know, so, and this is why everybody's so spoiled. And so if I'm going to spend my money to go to the cinema and watch a movie, I expect something to really just wow me, something to be great. But this is just another filler episode Absolutely of a TV not. show. That's what this it felt was, like. They've done it, things that were not done in other X Men movies. They were falling apart. Professor X, his arrogance came to the fore. You saw Magneto, the way that he had decided that he was actually going to step away from this life and then have to come back to it. They were fighting. And Beast's turn, going towards Magneto's team, was such a welcome surprise. You know, Raven dying. You had them then fight each other in one of the most interesting battles that I've seen the X-Men have, really using their powers properly. You know, I felt like uh, Beast and Magneto were playing the game that we play where somebody was just shouting, switch, and then they would have a change of heart. <laughs> 
apart and go on the other side. But it's a very side. entertaining game. It is a really entertaining game, but we're better at it. Okay? And we don't try and fake it we're like they do, where they're like, oh, we need to push. He j- he literally, Magneto just says, oh, yeah, I have to change of heart. That's his entire motivation. And then at the end. No, his so- entire motivation was that she had killed Raven and that both of them love Raven. I mean, you just. That is so absolutely. Dumb. And How you know, is that dumb? You know what else is he dumb? He loves her so- and Phoenix murdered her. Of course he wants to have revenge. So what happens at the end with Phoenix anyway? So she is, you know, unconscious and then, you know, she, she goes into Xavier's head and then just decides, okay, I'm not going to, I'm now in control of this Phoenix power. Yeah, like, she was always in control of the Phoenix power. She just had to connect to the truth inside of her. She had to stop being so angry. She had to see the truth of what Xavier had done. He was protecting her, not trying to take something away from her. He was trying to empower her. That was the other thing, right? It all, it all, it's, uh, this movie is always trying to go towards like these, you know, uh, you know, trying to be deeper, woke. deeper no, it's human. Like, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, let's talk about trauma, elements, but doesn't yes. really talk about it. You know, then there's that line. It's like, oh, we should be called ex-women. Oh, okay, you're yeah, woke. I get it. Okay, what do you have against what women? What the hell? Oh my god, I have nothing against women. Please <laughs> don't do this. Right. My problem is not that the line existed. It was just such a you know. It was clearly written by a guy who has no understanding of Look, what female empowerment is. The fact is that. Yes, the, the, this is a sign of the times that we have this really powerful statement that is being said by the main character in the X-Men series. It's not powerful. X-Men has always been such a great way of talking about uh, you know these issues, right? It's just inherent in it. But over here is just kind of, you know, played a like line. little it's little a good fan line. service it's a like it's, it's like it's somebody waves no, at it and then it's just okay, let's move on. It's a good line. It's it, it's got its place, you know, it represents what Raven feels which is actually an extension of how she feels about Xavier. She feels that he's become too egotistical and she wants to leave. They're putting together all these chess pieces so that you can actually make so that the plot can make sense later on. So Raven wants to leave. Beast convinces her to stay so she gets killed. Uh, you know, and that's where his guilt comes from. I just want to tell everybody listening, like, just please, please don't watch this movie. You know, vote with your wallet. Switch! Voting is overrated. <laughs> like Trump won. Like the Russians are probably gonna mess with your vote anyway. Go watch a movie. Have a good time. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, that brings us to the natural conclusion of our debate. Let's move on with our moment of truth. Switch. 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 So what uh, did you uh, what did you really think about the movie? I quite liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Me too. I had such low expectations, especially after that goddamn travesty of a trailer. What the hell was that? That was a terrible trailer. It was the worst trailer. So of I was all time. going in and I had watched a co- Apocalypse and I hated Apocalypse. Like I hated Apocalypse, Apocalypse. Was just it was bigger and shinier and just blah, nothing. This yep. was a smaller. This movie, which was about the potential end of the world was a smaller, more human movie. And so there was so much kind of bad buzz with this movie and the trailer was bad. And everybody was talking smack and about it. And they still are. Like when you look at, at reviewers online, people don't seem... They, people. The weird thing is that the critics hate it, but then when you look at the Rotten Tomatoes and you're starting to see what the actual uh, audience is saying, a lot of them are like, no, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I think if you do read the reviews, a lot of them are, aren't hating it. It is that they just go like, ah. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not it's not great. It's not terrible, right? Okay, did you enjoy the experience? Yes. Yeah. I, when I was watching this, I kept thinking, okay, now it's going to become shit. 
Okay, now it's gonna go to garbage. Yeah. Okay, too. now it's gonna be shit. Like it, 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 it didn't happen. It just, it was, it was fun. It was I, well done. I enjoyed it throughout. Right. I'm not gonna say it was this. It was amazing not the best. It movie. wasn't. This isn't the best X Men. Yeah. But this is far from the worst. Oh, this no. is kind of in the middle. Yeah. I, and you know, I liked it. Yeah, me too. I think that's the other problem, right? There's all this expectation that's on it. That it's expectation. The, it's the last movie in like you know the X Men thing, and so it has to do all these things. And people don't like Apocalypse, and there's the bad buzz, and so I think people expect this to be terrible, okay, you, right? You know, the, the thing, the, okay, you can actually compare this to the last uh, season of Game of Thrones in a way. You can compare this in the sense that people's expectations were like, "This is the send off." Yeah, you better do this right. Exactly. Okay, so I get that expectations were really high, but unlike Game of Thrones, this felt like there was people were saying that everyone's gonna phone it in and just cash no, it in and move on. Really no, it felt acting. like they actually put effort into it and wanted it to to be a good movie. I, I it does not seem like it was it was phoned in and just everybody seemed to like you know do their character justice because I think they all knew this was the last time that they were going to be playing these characters yeah. so I don't think that they these are they really good it. actors they right? good actors it's they like Jennifer Lawrence James McAvoy Michael Fassbender right they are just they're fantastic actors yeah, they're and, brilliant and you know at, at the, in this movie they get something to do especially like James McAvoy gets a little something more to do I yeah, think yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. really good uh, the, the, guy, the, the fight the internal fight that's happening between like James McAvoy uh, between Xavier and Beast was really good like you yeah. felt like Beast up till this point was like uh, you know he's he had no um, no like uh, weight I yeah. guess you could say like he was an interesting character but he had no scar or trauma yeah. you know he just but it wasn't it wasn't anything that like the way he suffered because of Raven's death made him really interesting and the yeah. way he turned against Xavier at that point made him even more Again, interesting really good actor right yeah. I think that's what it is it's good actors giving and they're getting lines like they're getting scenes it's there were not, good lines there were good scenes it's not just kind of like action sequences no. or quips it is actual like you dialogue know, dialogue where yes. you know it's two interesting actors both with you know their own motivations and this conflict and they're having that conversation so that's interesting to watch let's talk about Jessica Chastain and the aliens I don't know what she was doing I in don't this know, movie. But, honestly. like, I guess they were just kind of like, we need a bad guy. Why Jessica Chastain, though? She's such an amazing actress. Like, why put her in? Why did she do this? I guess a paycheck? Uh, paycheck. I don't know. She, out of, out of everybody, I could say that she was the one who cared the least. Yes. And I don't blame her. What, what I the don't heck? think it's that, that she didn't care the least. No, they no, gave no. her nothing. They gave her nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you give them nothing, if you give a character, an actor nothing, they're not going to care as much because they have nothing. Yeah. So I can't blame her. I'm not saying that she she did a bad job. I'm saying she didn't have anything to work with as well. Yeah. So, so her character was totally forgettable. Let me ask you this, though. So you, you, you liked the movie, right? I did. Do you think if that you didn't have such low expectations, you would have still liked it as much, or did that play into it? Because like like you said, like it happened to me too. Where I was watching it, I was like, okay, now it's going to okay, be yeah, terrible. Now I it's going to become terrible. Yeah, but and I it didn't. I had low expectations of Godzilla. Right, and I hated that movie. Yeah, that movie is awful. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but so, do you think so you no. like this movie more because no, of your low expectations? No, I think having gone into it, uh, you know, I look at at each movie, um, you know, on its own merit. Even if I have low expectations or high expectations, I just I might feel more disappointed if I had high expectations, or I might feel in the moment like a little excited or or almost hesitant to, <laughs> because I think that it might turn sour. But yeah. but but no, I enjoyed it uh, because it's it's actually decent. It, yeah. It was a fun movie, you know? Uh, it 
it had and I did really like those action sequences. There were like a couple. There I were really, a couple of cool action I, sequences. What I why I keep going back to it is because we have never really seen in the SX, especially in the X Men movies, like the core X Men movies, we have never seen the mutants use their powers in a way where they're collaborating with each other and like playing. It's like around the Avengers, the Avengers style of of battling, yeah. where they're kind of teaming up together and one of them is like helping the other. Exactly. And, so yeah. it's really fun to see, you yeah. know, how each of these powers work together. Yeah. Where you know Nightcrawler like uh, moves somebody to somewhere else, and yeah. then uh, yeah. you know that stuff. It's fun. Well, there's a couple of things. One is there were obvious, you know, kind of scenes where it felt like things were not as polished as they could be, and maybe that has to do with Simon Kinberg being a first-time director, even though he's obviously extremely experienced uh, in other uh, for, in other kind of roles, you know. As a director, this is his first feature film. So in a couple of battles, it felt like, okay, how am I going to juggle all of these people fighting? Yeah. Let's let those people just sit in the sidelines and, and kind of hold position and let these other people fight instead. So that was a bit obvious, like, yeah. you know, especially when they were fighting in the neighborhood. Like, that was that was really clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had, like, uh, other scenes where it was a very... You can actually see that it was a writer's approach to the fight, for example, when you had them approach Jean Grey outside of her house, yeah, and they're all about to attack her, yeah, and then time slows down because Quicksilver is going really fast, yeah, and then you see Jean Grey floating in midair, yes, and her hand just drops very slowly, and you could tell like sh- that she is about to, yeah, you know, mess him up, you know, and and that's like it's 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 a very kind of conceptual thing. It's really because it's it's the opposite of action. It's storytelling. It's right? storytelling, and in that like small moment, you get to know everything you need to know about kind of Dark Phoenix, how powerful, how powerful she, she is. is yeah. I her, do. her expression doesn't even have time to change, but her hand is moving and you know that yeah. she's about to kind of destroy him. I do wish we saw more of Quicksilver. He, you know... He, he steals the show every yeah, time. He can't, I, you know? I wish he did have at least... Like, I, he didn't have that one big scene at least or something. You know, I was hoping for something like that. Well, did he? I mean, he had... Did, didn't he have no, any any of those? Nothing, nothing. Nothing, right? He had like kind of... In, when he rescues people in the space shuttle or whatever, but that was like a blink and you miss it. Went by too fast. <laughs> oh, that's appropriate. Um, but yeah, so Simon Kinberg, not bad for a first attempt, you know. I think here's the thing: is this uh, when I watched this movie? Is this a two hundred million dollar superhero that's exactly movie? Exactly what I was thinking. No. no, this is like a smaller movie, half the budget. Right? If, if it was half the budget, and then I would say this is, they did a great job. But like, this is a blockbuster budget, like right? Massive. And this movie doesn't feel like a massive no, blockbuster, feels like a small. summer movie. What like I like it about doesn't. it is that it feels smaller. Yeah, I don't think that was the goal. No, it wasn't, right? And so I think that's where it becomes a little problematic. We're also spoiled with like when we watch movies like Avengers or yeah. these other films, like they are same budget though, right? Yeah, like, similar budget, similar budget, but but they are so large scale and they have so much kind of it's it has like this kind but of epic look, nature to but it, you right? You feel that you feel the epicness yes. with Avengers. You feel like the way it's shot, the CGI, the the the, the like it's stellar. Everything about it is stellar. Like, so this it's could, a high bar. This could almost be a really good TV episode, right? Like, that's how I felt about it, maybe. right? Like I mean, a Netflix maybe, show. Like, maybe. I think it's a, it's a level up from that. Uh, but you know what's funny is that last scene, the 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 train scene, yeah. that they actually went and reshot. Like, they that there was a different ending, yeah. and then they decided, no, this movie needs an action sequence, because clearly 
they hadn't like made a proper action sequence. and apparently uh, the official story is that it was too or the unofficial story that it w- it was too similar to another the ending of another uh, superhero movie really? that came out recently yes do you, do we know which one uh, people say it's probably captain marvel because that's when it kind of happened they're like oh shit we need to reshoot oh no way yeah. uh, so they were going to we were going to probably find out that the aliens were not the bad guys or something along those lines that there was going to be a switch maybe, between them maybe or like, i think you cuz if you look at the dark phoenix cuz there was phoenix, that idea of the scrolls is, and and the and i think you also see when you see the dark phoenix you see that you know in terms of how she looks in terms of her glowing and all of that it's yeah. very much similar to the dark phoenix thing so maybe it was going to be to something to the captain marvel captain thing. marvel thing so maybe it's going to be something in well, space well look i mean you like, got to think like uh, in captain marvel you had the scrolls who are shape-shifting uh, you know chameleons in uh, in in cap in x-men in this in yeah. dark phoenix you had these aliens whose name i don't even know yeah. uh, who are also shape-shifting but more powerful kind of telekinetic uh, yeah. aliens and you have a main uh, protagonist which is uh, captain marvel on the one hand and a female you know yeah. dark phoenix on the other so there's some alignments i think they're both in the 90s right yes they both take they're both places. in the 90s although in this case you didn't you feel the really 90s didn't. at all there was no feeling that's this 90s. other thing the x men movies do where like they keep jumping like you know from decade yeah, to decade but like, it makes no like no. all the characters are the same age i guess they're not really aging like the joke is that from now to 8 years james Mac- McAvoy is supposed to look like uh yeah and i really kind of the other thing that i hate is that you know when the new movie starts like the status quo is completely different and we have no idea what I, like for example this movie starts and it's like yeah now everybody loves mutants right and it's yeah. just kind of like what happened between I, I would have liked to see that i yeah. guess or in like apocalypse it's like yeah now magneto has a family right and it's just yeah. kind of like okay i it's guess it's a big jump but like just you know give me tell me something like and and also completely ignoring what happened in apocalypse like completely like, oh, yeah. as if it didn't ha- as if as if that wasn't even a movie right um so you know i'm going to miss the x men i guess like yeah. i like i like these but, movies but it's What's going to happen next is going to be really exciting that they're going to be under the the Marvel like official Marvel uh, Studios banner with Disney like it could be something else man they're going to yeah. they're going to find a way into the Avengers universe as well I mean I don't know is it going to collapse under its own weight is it going to be like so like overwhelming that they just can't handle it I don't know man but it's 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 it's, it's exciting Oh well I guess we'll end on that particularly pithy note how many flaming phoenixes would you give uh, give this movie? 6.9. Yeah, I think I I'm I'm actually in agreement with you. I I would give it like a 6.5, 6. something like that. Like yeah. it's it's not amazing, but it was actually very entertaining. So yeah, I'm I'm there. So if you loved or hated the show, please do rate, subscribe and leave some comments. It really does help us grow the podcast and community. Your support is the wind beneath our X-wings. Da 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 da